welcome to episode number five of the Spare Note series. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokingTobacco.com, and I am joined by my good friend, Mr. William Cooper of CigarCoop.com. And tonight we're going to talk about a variety of things as we do on the Spare Note series, the haps, the do's, the don'ts, the drama, the gossips, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything that's currently going on that we feel is worth talking about. Uh, William Cooper, Coop, the scoop with Coop. He's got many names. What's up, Coop? How are you? What's going on, my friend, Matt? Yep, I'm coming at you today um, from the cigar city of Tampa, Florida. Um, this Beautiful. is the end of a kind of a two-part road trip I've been taking over the last 10 days. Um, and it's I was down here for the KMA 10-year anniversary <laughs> show today. And tomorrow is the journey home. And it will feel good to get home uh, where I probably will be going on a self-imposed lockdown for a couple weeks after this. Mm. Uh, you know, I tried to be careful on this trip. Um, I don't know how I hopefully today was the more challenging day of anything. Um, but, but, uh, yeah. Um, but Tampa's just great. We'll get into it. Tampa's love it down. You've been down here, you know, it's a great city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have. Yep. Sorry, I was getting my cigar lit there. No, it's a, unfortunately, um, I, I, you know, I could have did this outside. It's just the lighting would have been terrible. So, uh, but so, and but the internet did work down there pretty good. So, the hotel has premium internet, so it's it's pretty good. It's it's been working. We just recorded jukebox, but the lighting would have been terrible. No, it's all good. Yeah, as long as you're here. You yeah, know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the most important part. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um. So, actually, what I want first of all, because it, it's gonna like itch my brain, I wanted to tell you. This is more of a an off the air thing. Uh huh. This is just for me and this is just for me and Coop. But okay. Uh, well, actually, never mind. I just what I wanted to tell you was, um, before we were live. So you're going to the Davidoff store. You got to get the um. Try the 110th anniversary Davidoff. They got them there. Okay. Yeah, I think I think so. I had them okay. at the one in Las Vegas, but they should have them at that one. Okay. Yeah, they have everything. They, Jeff's got stuff like. He's got pretty good inventory there. So, yeah, I will check that out. That was a really good batch. Okay. Anyway, back to the show. No so, um, So, I'm smoking. I'm trying to figure out how I want to start this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it this way. So, I'm smoking the Timeless Supreme. Mm-hmm. As you can see, uh, I took off the Nat Sherman band um, because it's not Nat Sherman anymore. It's Fair Otago. Uh, this week, I'm sure you guys have probably heard or read uh, whether it was SmokingTobacco.com, Cigar Coop, or any one of our peers of the media, um, all the stories went out that Ferry Otego has announced that they will be officially launching the brand um, October of this year and that uh, retailers will be receiving the Ferry Otego, um, you know, name branded cigars um, at that time. And that the Timeless and Metropolitan, the, the Nat Sherman continuation stuff will be coming later. Um, but there will be two sizes, uh, both Toros, and they will both retail at $21 per cigar. They're going to come in a 10-count travel humidor. Very beautiful. Coop and I actually got to got to uh, be hands-on with that travel humidor at uh, PCA 2021 in Las Vegas. Yep. Um, really nice design, nice packaging. You know, Michael is, you know, this is a new brand. This is a, a, a new company. It's a debut. Michael is no spring chicken or a new member to the industry. He's been in this industry for right around like 21 years, 22 years. Um, and so it, it's an interesting launch. You know, 
definitely going for that higher end premium, maybe all kind of ultra premium, you know, with the, uh, with the quality of the cigar, the price point, the, the box, the style, the whole thing. Um, I think there's a, there's a topic of, you know, does that live up to the hype that it is currently building right now? Um, I think it's, it's a highly anticipated release. Everyone's been talking about it. I think people have been talking about this since before he actually officially announced he was doing anything. I think a lot of people kind of suspected, you know, when Nat Sherman announced that they were shutting down uh, Nat Sherman International with the cigar division, uh, people were saying, you know, right out of the gate, he's going to go start something. He's going to go start something. Uh, And then he did. And now we've just been playing the waiting game uh, to see what exactly he comes out with. Um, so th- th- there's, this is a really special release. I know there's a lot of people, you know, you look at Mickey Pegg, someone who was in the industry for a while. Uh, he was a CAO. He was with Davidoff. You know, he leaves the industry. He comes back. He starts all saints. So I mean, it's not like he's the first guy to do this. There's other people who have, you know, done this or something similar to this. Uh, I just think that this is a very unique situation and it definitely has a lot of hype and anticipation. So that is my intro on that. And Coop, I'm going to let you kind of get into this topic because i know that it's one uh that you have been uh wanting to talk about on the show okay yeah no it's appreciate it um you know what's interesting is that nat Sher- when when these brands were when michael herklotz was at nat sherman i think two of the best projects he did were some of them more pricier offerings and I'm referring to the Nat Sherman Sterling, which is now Timeless Sterling, and the Joel Sherman 75th which Celebration, which was the 2014 Cigar Coupe of the Year. I mean, and which is kind of based off the Sterling. So if there's a question if Michael Herklotz can brand and you know, bring a brand and a blend to development in the ultra more ultra premium range where you're getting into that plus twelve dollar price point. I think I think he can do that. Okay. Um and I'll kind of hold that point because I have some other thoughts on that uh when it comes to the media though. The next thing is when it as far as um uh, these are the Ferriotego releases. There's the Elegancia which is coming out of Casada, and there's the Generoso, which is coming out of Placencia. Again, there are two factories that Michael's worked with. Um, I I don't think I'd be inferring to say that Michael has probably these projects have been in the works a lot longer than January. Um, if you and, and here's the other thing is if you notice what what Michael was bringing to market the last couple of years of of Nat Sherman. It was several limited editions. And again, they were a little more pricier. A lot of people were saying this was some of the best stuff he had brought to the table. Right. Um, and I doubt Altria was handcuffing him. I could see the Sherman family maybe being the one to say, well, they're a little more hands-on on signing off on the blend, but I could see Altria just saying, Michael, go what you got you think. And you know, those TAAs, those limited edition timelesses and apocas were very well received into the market. Right. Um, so I think there's a little bit of that going uh, for, for him. So there was some there's some I heard that, you know, I know you talked to Michael. Um, you comment, you know, some comments on, on the pricing. Uh, you gotta remember, the, 
these cigars are not meant to sell a lot of volume, okay? Michael and Brendan's success at Ferriotego is going to be on bringing those Nat Sherman lines back to market. Right. That's going to make or break him. This cigar is something I think that's a good gateway. It gives something, if you're supporting the Ferriotego brand, it's, a, it's something that you can bring in. And I think it's going to be a good product that way. But I wouldn't judge the success of Ferriotego on this limited is where I'm kind of going with. Um, I mean, we can get excited about it. But again, I don't think it's going to shift the needle because if they sell Ferriotegos out, the LEs, and they don't sell the Nat Shermans, Mike's going to have a, unfortunately, it's not, it's not going to be a good, and it's not going to be, it's not going to end well. I mean, there's, just, there's no other way to say that. Um, um, I, I would agree with you there. I mean, yeah. I, I think that Mike's biggest, um, I think his biggest, his goal, I think overall, and I could be wrong here and that's okay. But if I, if I had to guess, I would say, and it it's, might be obvious is I think his biggest goal here is, yeah, he started Ferry Otago and there's a Ferry Otago line. But I think his biggest thing was banking on the reputation and the notoriety and the established, you know, recognition of Metropolitan Timeless Epica yep. coming to market. I agree. Um, yep. I think that obviously, you know, it's like, well, we're going to come out with a Ferry Otago line that's got my name on it. Totally understand that. You should. But I think that you're right. If if the Ferio Tego stuff goes crazy and then the other stuff comes out and it's just kind of like, eh, for whatever reason, it's going to be difficult because, yeah, I think you bring a good point. I mean, the, 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 uh, sorry, I just lost my, uh, uh, the Ferio Tego stuff. Um, they are limited releases. Uh, they're, they're small amounts and yeah. may, may, maybe, you know, maybe that change. Like, if it, all right, let's play the let's play the what if game, right? So, what if, what if you know the the continuation stuff from Nat Sherman comes to market? It's not doing so well, but the Ferry Otago stuff's hot. Does he pivot, abandon that, and just beef up the Ferry Otago stuff, or do you think he tries to make changes with the Nat Sherman stuff? Uh, wh- what do you think his play is there if, if that? It's kind of what happens. It's going to be a tough one because he'd have to extend. He'd have to create another line, right? Okay. And because he can't, he can't, he can't go to market with just a twenty-one dollar cigar. Um, he's not at that point where he can do that, right? Where he can have all his regular production over twenty dollars, right? So the thing is, you extend Ferriotego and plumb out something new under Ferriotego. Well, Ferriotego is already branded as your luxury line, right? So I think he has to go to door number three and create another brand in that case. Um. But I think he's confident. Like, he knows these Nat Sherman products. And they're really good products, right? They are. Uh, yeah. I'm, I think well, he's got enough confidence that he's got a good arsenal that he knows that he can bring these, bring these, reintroduce these things back to the market. And he's done it. He's done it before. You know, he's kind of resurrected this brand before. Um, There's no reason why he can't do it again with that. Um. So I, I think, like I said, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Now, if Ferriotego is a disaster, 
right? It's gonna be a big problem. He's gonna have a big problem, right? But I, 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 my guess is it's not gonna be a disaster. The question is gonna become: Is this a cigar that I pay twenty one dollars for? Is gonna be the question. So uh, we have a we have a comment from Jay Davis, our, our uh, friend Jay yep. Davis, hey Jay. from Dallas. Hey Jay, uh, thanks for being here with us uh, again tonight. Uh, we always love seeing you here. I disagree. We know the legacy Nat Sherman stuff will move with its previous supporters. If Ferrotego does well, then new retailers and customers will flock to the legacy brands. Ferrotego fails, and the legacy brands may not grow over the previous base, which was decent but not great. Just my opinion. Interesting, interesting take. Interesting take. Yeah. No, I can see what he's saying there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, we can play the what if game, the speculation game, the yes and no. Um, at the end of the day, it's a product launch. You know, I feel like lately a lot of us in the media have been involved in this, like, what to expect out of Ferriotego, like uh, Sunday morning on game day. Um, you know, <laughs> oh, Brady and Rogers are starting today. You know, how, you know, blah, 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 blah. I feel like it's football talk. It's football talk. It's like, are we talking odds? You know, talking strategy. You know what? What we expect the outcome to be? I feel like we're. I feel like everyone's here, uh, given their final score predictions on Ferry Otago right now, and it's so interesting because we see shit like this all the time. You know why is it now that you know for some reason you know, everyone's got this kind of like, uh, and I'm not calling anyone out. I'm just I'm saying I'm just kind of thinking out loud like just kind of on my own like why why is it all of a sudden now we're really getting into a like a such a huge discussion over um you know what to expect from this like you know like it's like it's super bowl sunday like what do we expect to see over another new you know new brand launch product launch is it because michael's so well known is it because michael has been so successful before and the way that nat sherman ended was just kind of like uncomfortable for a lot of people and uh we know michael felt that as well and now he's uh he's trying to pivot and and go in a new direction while also um you know using his skills from the past it's just very interesting to me um and i don't know if you kind of see where i'm going with that or agree with that coop but that's just kind of what i've been thinking lately in terms of this whole ferry otago thing yeah i see this there was a discussion with some of the folks on the coop team this week and I posed a question to them. Was we spent um, so I'm, I'm, I made a comparison to Ferrier Tego. You could argue, and Ferrier Tego is an anticipate. It's one of the most anticipated releases, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Okay, absolutely. And we know now the details of what these releases are, right? Um, the the Elegancia is, is an Ecuadorian, most likely it's a Habano or Sumatra, over a Dominican Nicaraguan base, and the Generoso is Honduran Connecticut seed over Nicaraguan uh, tobaccos. So we know what those are. And I posed a question. I said, look, our team spent a lot of time at the La Galera booth with Hochi Blanco. One of the, this guy, Hochi Blanco is an industry legend, uh, premier grower. You know, he's, um, he's got a factory that a lot of people, factory of choice. Now he's got his own brands. And I posed the question, and this is not to disrespect Michael. Are you more excited about what you heard out of Ferry Otego? Or are you more excited that Hochi Blanco is releasing a Cameroon cigar with the Imperial Jade? And he's got his 85th anniversary cigar set that he worked with with his son. 
And I'm going to be honest here. I love Michael, but what Hochi's doing is a lot more exciting to me. All right. A lot of media, I think, is in the Michael camp because, look, Michael's been great to the media. Michael's great. And we know Michael does great work. But I'm like taking I'm putting this in stride saying there's probably some other stuff out there that's not getting the attention that I would say should get the attention. You know, is fair take something I want to say? Yeah. Is it? But there's other oh. things. I'm just saying they're out there. Oh, don't think- get me. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I can't wait to get my hands on a box of Ferry Otago. Me too. I, that's what I'm saying. Don't get me wrong on that as well. Yeah. I, I'm going to uh, get the cigar. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I am very excited to, to, to get them and try right. them. And, um, right. you know, just even just to have a first edition. Because um, honestly, you know, my prediction is yeah, he will do well. You know, Jay Davis, you know, had made a comment, you know, as a guy who has ordered. Um, 60 boxes of Ferro Tego. I'm bullish on Michael Clark's success. Yeah, no, I, I I see that. I don't disagree with Jay at all. I mean, I I, I don't doubt that Michael will be successful. I, and I and I don't doubt that like a guy like a Jay Davis is going to be a great purveyor of that brand. I mean, yeah. and that's the thing. Mike's going to work with really great purveyors, and that's going to be a key for this for a project like this. He's going to need a really good purveyor, and Jay's the best in the business. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, ha- having uh, having guys like Jay or you know a lot of yeah. a lot of good retailers right. around the country, right. it's going to be huge for him. He also has really good distribution with Davidoff, which I think is going to be key for him as well. Um, that's a whole yeah. We we didn't even get into that. That's a whole. That's going to be the big question: is will how much will Davidoff move this brand? I mean, that's going to be that's a question. Anytime someone takes over distribution, you know, we've some companies. They make it part of the family and they do a great job with it. Um, some companies don't. Now, here's what I'll say. Davidoff does have a good track record. Uh, when they distributed ST DuPont, they did, a, I think, a very good job with ST DuPont. So so I think they can distribute and certainly they have the sales force to do it. Um, right. But, you know, you're competing with White Label. You're competing with Avo. You're competing with Camacho right now. So it's going to be key. Is how, and, I, and I'm sure Michael didn't go into this blind that he's, Working with the Davidoff team to put a go-to-market strategy here, so that part I, I think will be addressed. Yeah, I mean, excuse me there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that um, it's it. First of all, Davidoff's big, you know, uh, and like you said, you know, they, they've done well with others. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's definitely good having you know you're you're starting out and you got someone like Davidoff, um, helping you get out there. I think that's another huge win too. Um, he, he really, you know, my opinion at the end of the day with all these different angles or whatever, if you know, you want to talk about it, it's, I, I think he's got all of the tools of, for success. There's no reason why it shouldn't be successful. I'm excited for it. I can't wait to try it. Um, you know, I think that one of the things, you know, one of the things Mike said to me was, you know, if people are concerned about the price, it hasn't even come out yet. You know, he, he just, he was like, you know what, just, just wait for it, try it and let the product I, speak for itself. I, I agree. I, can, I, 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 I agree with that. I, I agree he, with he that. Had, yeah. He has a point. I mean, it's not the first time someone's come out with, you know, a high price cigar, you know, cause, cause that's what, that's the market they're trying to target, you know, and, and they don't he, have an offer. They don't have an offering there and they need something to go with some of these Davidoff stores. I, I understand the need for that. Um, so I, I, you know, like perfect example, you know, the, the, there's other brands out there, like look at El Septimo, right? They're making their splash into the United States market, you know, right now. Um, those cigars are priced 
three times as much as the Ferry of Diego. And they got a lot, and they don't have the track record. They don't have a track record behind them. No, and and here's the thing: like, if you think the Ferry of Diego stuff is expensive, making its debut at twenty-one dollars a cigar, you have El Septimo, which I actually have right here, um, who has cigars that range anywhere from twenty to a hundred dollars per cigar on average. Yep. Um, making their debut. So if you think twenty-one dollars is high from a guy who you already know. Here comes this company from Europe who's very, very expensive making their debut in the U.S. market. Um, talk about talk about go big or go home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, and granted, yeah, they've been successful in other markets and on other parts of the world, and they're in kind of and they're in multiple industries. Yeah. Um, but the Americans are different than the Europeans and the Asians, and, you know, so, it, again, it, it's not like anything's guaranteed, so... I think you'll let it speak for itself. We'll see what happens. And then when it comes out and we can actually get our hands on it and try it and experience it, then we yep. can kind of go from there. Yep. Um, and I, I, like I said, I think it's going to be objective. You know, this gets into a scoring. I know you guys, are, well, at least what I do. So I want to just mention one thing that, that this cigar could be a hundred dollars. That doesn't affect the, the score, how we score it. We do a value rating, which is different, right? Which is, which the price is incorporated, but it won't matter. So if this is a twenty-one dollar cigar, right? It's going to score as if it was a four dollar. Like if the performance is what I judge and what Ben Ben does on it, uh, the price will not adjust that score. Right. We may say, hey, it's worth this price or not worth this price. Um, so that gets into like you know, it, 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 for a ninety dollar cigar. 90 points, excuse me, 90, a 90 point score for a $21 cigar versus a 90 point score for a $10 cigar it has different values. So, but right. it won't, it won't change the, the merit score. So we'll just score it how, how it is. And, and that price point goes out the window. Now, uh, what was I going to say? Um, let's talk uh, maybe a little bit about. Um, the legacy brands. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you, do you expect them to be? Do you expect it to be identical? Do you expect them to be maybe a little bit better that Michael has full control over how it's put together now versus, you know, being under the umbrella of someone else? What, what is your expectation on, on that stuff coming out? I'm going to say, based on my conversations with Michael, that he feels that those cigars were consistent performers um, and his job is going to be at a minimum, keep the performance level as is. And if, maybe if he can improve it in some way, he will, but I don't think he's going to touch these things a lot. And when I, mean, I don't think he's going to touch the blends. I don't think he's going to touch the packaging. Uh, I think he's got a lot of faith in his partners, uh, which is mostly, uh, Placencia, Casada, and there's a little bit of Davidoff, um, that makes in there as well. So I think he's going to keep, you know, from, Michael's been always saying, I have faith in these partners. I've been working with them for a long time with these. So I don't expect any radical changes with that. Maybe I see some SKUs adjusted and things like that, but, but otherwise, you know, maybe it's like, maybe brings certain SKUs in now and holds off on some other ones. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I, uh, I think, you know, those they like we were saying before, those brands should really be the driving force behind Ferrero Tego, and then the Ferrero Tego stuff should be second. Yeah. Um, to his success, I I my gut feeling tells me he'll be okay. Um, uh, and, and it's very exciting uh, to to watch him roll it out. But 
Um, I, I doubt you can be able to just bring Ferry Otego in and cherry pick that without bringing the other stuff in. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't said that, but I, I mean, based on his limited allocations of this stuff, um, I, I can't see him not doing that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to require that. I mean, that's, that's what they should be doing with Ferry Otego. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, you know, just like, you know, if, you, if you're if you an Arturo Fuente retailer, you're not getting Opus X if you're not selling 858s and, no. um, you know, no. Magnum like R and, and all look, that other the, fun stuff. The good news is these cigars are good cigars. I mean, they have proven track records all, all around the board. Um, We've been those, you know, those legacy brands, Timeless, Sterling, Panamericana, they've all done very well on Cigar Coop. And now smoking syndicate. Ben Ben's been reviewing this stuff for as long as I have, so we know the track record's there. And he's saying it's not going to change. Um, I can say that when they went through the packaging makeover in 2017, or excuse me, 2018 is when they did that. That's when they rebranded it. Um, I didn't see any changes in the quality. Hmm. I thought the cigars were smoking just as if they were three or four years before that. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a lot of that part. I have faith in that he ain't going to fuck up that. He ain't going to fuck that up. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Um, so one of the other things I know you wanted to talk about was travel humidors on planes. These are the this, I'm going off of the notes you gave. me. Yeah, my spare. I threw you some spare notes this week. Yeah. Um, What's that all about? OK, so let me let me. I have props here. Is there was there an incident that happened? Yes. All right. Okay. But go. it wasn't on a point. All right. This is not going to. All right, you can see my travel humidor, right? Yes. All right, I'm gonna in front of you. This, by the way, this is not. Oh, I have on. one of those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I took this travel humidor. It's a lovely travel humidor. I could throw a lot of cigars in here, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I put it in my backpack, took it on the plane. I had no problems, right? With this. However, I get into um, where I was staying in California. Uh, and I'd gone, I was going to go out for a walk along the Bay Area of San Francisco. I was staying over in Emeryville. So this thing was in the air for five and a half hours, right? Um, so I go here. I go to open this thing. This thing is sealed like you wouldn't believe. Oh, yeah. From the airport to the cabin. Well, okay. So I have normally I take. All right. Normally I have I have ways to deal with this, right? Um, I had nothing to kind of pry this open. Mm-hmm. Um, is all, all I can say is I had nothing, right? So I, I tried the plastic fork. That was a miserable failure. I finally went down to the, to the lobby. I had to ask them for something. I'm like, because I didn't have anything to, to pry it open. And I, I and believe me, this thing was, when I say this thing was, was sealed, it was sealed. Uh, and then you hear the air come right out of it, right? The pressurized come right out. So, this is not a new problem, right? So how do you deal with this is the question, right? Because a lot of people can't carry like a blade or something like that on a plane, right? Well, hold on. Are you asking me what an idea is or do you already have the solution? Uh, I'll ask you and then I'll tell you an alternate solution I, I came up with. Because I, I have a solution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because it's not it, it, it doesn't really aff- it, it, it doesn't affect it doesn't apply to every right. one of those plastic snap seal right. lock thing. Right. what i use which is different and it still happens but it's not as bad um i use pelican cases like the pelican brand ones 
They're um, great. They're great. And I use, um, because I take two of them. I don't know the model number, but I mean they're about you know. Uh, it's hard to judge on camera, but and not, uh, big enough to fit like a a nine millimeter pistol into, with a couple of mags, which right. is what I imagine a lot of people probably use them for. Um, and I have two of those. And I had, you know, I took the, the, the pluck and play out right. and um, I just, I leave, I have a foam sheet on the bottom and then a lid and I just throw them in there. Um, but it has the valve in it. It has the pressure valve that you can open right? and it'll let the pressure out and then you can open the lid. Uh, Cause remember those are meant to be submerged underwater, yep. uh, open planes and, and stuff like that. They're made to be tough all over the world. So uh, that that is one solution. You could get one of those, and you don't have that problem. Um, but I'll let you give uh, your your take on that. All right. So there's a couple of things. That was <laughs> one is they do sell some cases that have pressurized in it. Um. All right. So the, the key thing is, um, you might not want to seal the case. Is the first thing, right? Now I know they protect your cigars and everything, right? So, uh. I actually used a little when I came back. I just wanted to try it. So I got some duct tape. I borrowed some duct tape from the hotel and I kind of duct taped it loose. So with this one, it was able, I was able to get it. So it didn't, the cigars didn't, it didn't pull the seal. I left just a little room uh, because I just wanted to test that and see what happened going back. Right. Again, you kind of defeat. I know you de- you don't want to defeat the purpose of having the hard case because it does protect your cigars. But that's that's the first way to do it. The second way, and I didn't try this, is uh, you could kind of put something. Let me see if I could get this in front of the. You could actually wedge something to come out of there, like a, some of the cellophane or something like that. Right. And that will just give it a little bit of room there. Don't give uh, the rubber gasket a complete seal. Don't because right. The, the the more pressure goes on, the, the tighter that thing will go. And yeah, then it'll yeah. Stay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, so those are the two things I would recommend if you don't have something that like um, you know, if you got like a one of those cutters and it has a little, sometimes they have a little awl or something on them, you can kind of get away with that, and that that's like that's the easiest way to, to handle it, you know. And then you can just just kind of stick it in there, and it will it will lift it up right away. But sometimes you're not going to be in that position where you could do that. Um, so that that's that. The other thing what I will recommend is this, this was down in the car. Um, we always talk about Bovida. Yeah. If you're going to Florida this time of the year, don't put Bovida in there. Um, the, I got I got to Tampa last night, and and unfortunately the scars they felt too human. Yeah, they were compared wet. to when I went to California and came back because mm-hmm. I had the same. I had some of the same and I, I went up about three cigars. I'm like, these things are all wet. So actually, I'm using this as the prop right now, but um, pull the bovita out at this time of the year. You don't need it if you're going to Florida. If you're going someplace where it's like if you go into Illinois and it's not as humid, you know, check your check your weather forecast. Is what I'm going to tell you on that as well, because you just might not need it. And like I said, these cigars were wet last night and I was like. They got wet pretty fast, and there was heat also in my car from driving. So, so those are just my travel tips. Uh, I kind of was put like I said when when the when the humidor when the, when the unit locked up on me. I said that's a good spare notes thing. I know we try to do some tips there, and folks may have other tips. So this is people might say I'm off my rocker and some other stuff that we yeah we got um uh, Mike says I put my cigars in a Ziploc bag 
Uh, then put a tra- put in tra- the travel humidor, and I leave a corner of the bag out. In that's clothes. yeah. That's kind of what. I, that's you a great the, idea. You break the seal. You break the seal, and you you get the because you, you want the protection that the hard case is going to bring. I really like that one actually, and this is a perfect one to do it because I could take out, I could take out the divide. There's like a divider. You take out the divider, and uh, yeah, I can easily put a bet. Uh, that's a good one. I like that one. The um. You know, while we're kind of on travel accessories for cigar yep. stuff, yep. Um, people who travel with lighters. Now, I I asked Carney about this, but Carney is real basic. He uses the uh, the DG fucking regular, yeah. These DG. things? Nah, this regular soft flame. Oh, um, oh, oh, go DG. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. yes. Um, so he was no help because that doesn't really give me any good content on that but what i what i notice you know a lot of people ask me this too like well, what do i do with my lighters what do i do with my lighters like i want to bring my lighters i don't have to like wait go to find a place to go buy whatever because you know torches technically are, are banned from luggage um you know on the plane and they can be taken now i've traveled with my torches i empty them completely i throw them in the shaving kit in my checked luggage I have like a little, like a little a side right. pocket within that that's a little hard to find, and I stick it in there, um, so that even if it comes up, like it's in there with all the trimmers and stuff and it whatever. But and if they go looking for it, it won't be as easy to find. But I never had an issue. Um, but you know, some people get a little more paranoid. I, I don't check any expensive or rare one of a kind torches when I go. Like I, I always keep something simple, right. just in case. But um, you know, people have said, well, you know, it says, you know, you can get, you know, the, the, uh, the TAA approved, um, enclosure for lighters in your checked luggage, which I think is a requirement on the, um, the lighter policy or whatever from the T, uh, sorry, not TAA, the TSA, um, on the TSA guidelines for checking certain types of lighters and stuff in your luggage. Um, have, have you ever used any of those or have you ever abided by those guidelines or like, what, what, what is your situation on traveling with lighters? Yeah, I've never used those, uh, because I've heard mixed things about them. Um, look in the last few years, you've seen a surge of these plastic lighters. Um, they're all plastic, but well, let's see if we could try it again. Uh, just, you can see this is a JC Newman branded one. Oh, how appropriate. I just got that one today. Uh, a Balmoral one that I've had for a while. Here's a Nova one. Oh, I got that one. Yeah. And here's the thing. They're 100% plastic. I I had 40s going to California. Okay. Now, normally what I do is, this is what I use. I use these. because I The only place I've ever had a problem getting these lighters out of is Nicaragua. Nicaragua... They will take them. Mm-hmm. I took these to Cuba and back. All right. So I've had, I've had, I've never gotten stopped with these lighters. Okay. Um, and then what I typically do, you can find them at gas stations too. Yeah. They're, they're easy pretty to easy find. to find. And they're, they're pretty not easy expensive. to find. Yeah. Now, what I do is the, when I land, I buy butane. San Francisco wasn't a good option to do that. When I went to San Francisco, that, that was hard, right? Okay. Um, but the idea is I buy a can of butane if I'm there for more than a couple of days. 
and I don't take the butane back with me. So when we had the media compound, the first thing I go in Vegas and Fuego, I get, I get butane for us for the week. Um, you know, so I've done that, you know, a lot is I go buy butane. Um, so we have that, but I would recommend these lighters. Now, the other thing I've seen, um, Craig Vanderslice of Cigar Craig, he's got some sort of contraption where you could take the, like the, the Bic lighter and put it in this, uh, harness, I, I don't know this case or whatever and it will convert the bic lighter to a torch what yeah really yeah um so i've seen them they i meant to buy it and i never did because he had told me about it and then these lighters started hitting the let's try it again when these lighters started hitting the market i just went with these things after a while but yeah they do have something like that uh where it actually will convert the bic lighter um you haven't been to nicaragua yet right no, the lighter situation sucks in Nicaragua. Because Why? even if you take these, you can't get butane when you have to refill. Them. Uh, and these things don't hold a lot of butane, right? No, they don't. So you're always using Bix in Nicaragua. If someone would start a lighter business in Nicaragua and get you adequate butane, you can. You have to get some of the factories have it, right? But you got it's like a pain in the ass, right? Bix are the worst thing on these factories. The Dominican Republic's a little easier to get butane. But but Nicaragua is horrendous about it. Right. So you take I could take these and then I don't want to take a lot of these because what happens is they confiscate them out of Nicaragua. So anything I know is I um, I know it's going to be confiscated. Um, you know, so it's kind of like a, it's disposable at that point for me. You know, it's interesting. You know, we're talking about lighters. We're talking about butane and whatnot. Um, I think this is an interesting one. I I, I don't um, because I ran into this earlier this year. Um. And, and I kind of went through it briefly, and then I just was like, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, I am a DuPont owner. Um, I have, you know, Line 2. I have MaxiJet, the, the Slim 7, um, you know, all, all, all different ones. I'm, I'm a big DuPont user, um, just, you know, kind of my preference. But, you know, a lot of people, if you don't know about DuPont and kind of – how they market their, their lighters and, and the policies and stuff that they try to enforce with it. Um, by the book, they want you to buy their butane and it's color coded. Right. And it's got a dye in it. Right. And you got to use the right stuff for the right lighter. Right. Um, and, you know, when I bought, when I had the, the, the slim and the maxi jet, I was like, man, whatever. I use the regular butane. I didn't give a shit because I'm like, you know what? Whatever. If, if it breaks and they don't want to do it because of the warranty and the, whatever, I'll buy another one. I don't care. You know, those are not like that expensive. I mean, they're expensive for a lighter, but they're not like, you know, it's not going to kill me. Now, when I got the line two, now, obviously this is a much more expensive lighter. And yeah. if, if you know, you know, but I was a little more cautious because I'm like, all right, this is one of those things where, you know, if something happens to it, I want to send it in, you know, I don't want to get shit for not using their special lighter fluid, uh, you know, heaven forbid. Right. Right. Uh, Cause it'd be a little bit more expensive for replace. Right. So I was trying to get like the red fuel for, I think this one takes, uh, I think this is red fuel. I'd have to take the cap off. I think this is the red fuel. Cause there's the red, the gold, the blue. Yeah. It's red. Um, and I went to, 
uh, where did I go? I won't say who, but I went to one of my local shops and I was talking to some of my, my peeps there and like they had like the old style red cans and it wouldn't fill this. And then I found the new style red cans at one retailer and it did work. So I don't know if they changed the nozzle or whatever. Um, and then, you know, but you know, the can of fuel, it's like, it's like 20 bucks for like for a little, a, a little small can of fuel. Uh, yeah. And it's just like, uh, look, I, I, I spent, I spent the money on the lighter cause I wanted it, whatever. And I know the lighter will last me, but like, I, do I really need to spend $20 on fucking fuel for, for the lighter? I mean, come on. So I, I had that short window of like, I wanted to play by the rules. And then I thought about it and I was like, I don't give a shit. And I just put the regular stuff in here now. I mean, God forbid if something happened to it, gonna, yeah, I, would, you, I would bleed it, clean it. I would buy a can of their yeah. fuel and I'd, I'd, I'd try to flush it through so it looked right and send it in. But I mean, you know, I just use the Calibri. I got like a couple of these cans. I keep them all over the house. We fill all the lighters with them. Um, you know, between me, Nicole, and her brother comes over all the time. He's got lighters. He needs fuel. And just use one, the one of the, I just have a couple of those. And, but have you run into, you know, do you own DuPonts and have you ever tried to play that game with them? Or I think it's, I just think it's interesting because we're kind of in that topic. And um, I'm sure that there's some people out there who'd be like, always use the DuPont fuel. I, for, for, for what? I mean, I, I have a slim and I have a line as well. Line two. Yeah. Um, so, because I have the line too, I, I, I'm in the kind of same boat. I don't mess with it. Uh, I use, but I use the same butane on the slim. Um, the thing is, I never, I, sh- I don't really use those lighters as much as I, they're there and I just don't use them a lot. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, I'm, you know, I don't want to wear and tear them. It's, I don't know it's, why I have them, right? They're too nice. So you, it's like you like having them, but you don't want to use them. <laughs> yeah. Like these things, like, yeah, you know, there. Um, what I will say is, all I mean, I, I, I only use my DuPonts in the house. I don't, I don't yeah. like travel with them or yeah. even go to like shops with them. I just, no. I, I use them here. Um, what I will say though, I could tell you that all butane is not created equal. Um, right. that part I will say to you, and I will say without a doubt, the best butane on the market, uh, is the Zycar High Performance. Uh, really? it's, in the, it's in the black can with the blue letters. Um, when I tell you it's, I have resurrected lighters with that. Um, what that does, and we had Jimmy Muto on, on primetime a couple months ago, whatever that butane is, when it goes in kind of liquefies, it's kind of like a heavier, it, it, it's heavier. is the best way to describe it. Whatever goes in there and you get a heavier flame. I mean, you will see the difference if you use that high performance versus, uh, another premium, or even Zycar's regular premium. The high butane has has extended the life of my lighters. Mm. Is what I'll tell you. Now I haven't used them in the Duponts though. I'm gonna be honest, with you, I haven't because I, I don't want to mess with it, right? Um, maybe on that slim I'll do it. I have I have I two slims, so I shouldn't say that. One I got is a, a dab, the Dabit of Golden Band Awards. Maybe I maybe I'll try it in that. But um, but I could definitely tell you all butanes not created equal. See, that's an interesting topic because it's not something that I feel like people talk about, you know, like butane, because it, 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 in the surface, it sounds so stupid, like fucking butane. 
But you bring up a good point there. You know, not all butane is the same. No, I mean, how it's, it's refined yeah. and made and processed and canned mm-hmm. and what right. what what right. stuff is put into it. Um, you know, I think in re- in regards to like the Dupont thing, first of all, not saying you're wrong. I I agree with you. I but I think that I'm not 90, saying you're wrong. I just I just have nine, to conservative on it. Yeah, ninety five percent of the reason why they're trying to tell you like you should use our fuel and our lighters because it. It, they want you. Right. They want to sell more fucking fuel. That's what it is. I, I, I agree. It, Calibri, Calibri did the same thing for a long time too. Because Calibri, I, I put Calibri fuel in, in, in a fifteen hundred dollar Dupont lighter, and, and it fucking lights. I mean, it's not like it's magic right. fuel. Um, but at the same time, you know, I I can understand. You know, maybe what 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 you said. Not not for them, but when you said like, yeah, not all fuel is the same. You got to, you know, you should you should source good fuel. Um, you know, I have, I've used Zycar fuel as well. That is good fuel. Um, I, I've, I've never had issues with, with Calibri fuel. Um, I think that's a, that's a decent fuel too. Uh, I would say be cautious of like, you go on Amazon. Yeah. Um, or just kind of anywhere online and you see like these like off brand butanes and maybe they're made for, you know, other kinds of lighters or whatever. Uh, or maybe they're just there. It's a just like it's an off brand or whatever. Just be careful with it. I think Ronson all now makes a, or maybe they always have, I don't know, but I, I feel like I saw recently, like they have a butane can in addition to like the lighter fluid that right. they have for like a Zippo. Um, but I mean, it, it, uh, my stance on it is like Calibri, Zycar, you know, I know that, you know, they're, they make lighters they're in, they're involved in the cigar industry. I feel okay using them. Anything else, you know, like Jimmy's butane, I'm not using. Um, Except for Jimmy Moito's butane from Zyka. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, yeah I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, fuel, yeah. fuel is fuel. <laughs> yeah. um, you can use what you want, I, but I just, I saw an opportunity there for an interesting, uh, you know, take on that. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I just I wanted, I just wanted to say, you know, I, I it is, it is ridiculous. And, and most people know that, but um that was just kind of my experience with it. And I wanted to just kind of get your, your take on it, but yeah, yeah. you know, Matt, you bring up a good point. Um, you want to go with someone who has a butane who's in this business, right. Um, who's going to sell a can of butane. That's going to support a product, right? Like for example, Calibri. Okay. They want you to use it on the Calibri products. Right. But you know what? They're not going to sell your shit butane. Right. Cause they don't want this thing clogging up this thing. Right. Uh, same with Zycar. And, and I'll say this, I have really been impressed. I spent a lot of, we spent a lot of time at the trade show with quality importers. Um, I, top to bottom, I was impressed with their products, their branding, their brand delineation. Um, I, I was very impressed with what they were bringing to market. I, I think, um, and they got, you know, they're not, okay, they're not ST DuPont, right? They're not going to compete with ST DuPont. No. But, you know, for the everyday smoker, um, you know, they, they and, and actually, the uh, they still have the lifetime warranty on the Zycars. And if you want something a little less expensive, you can go for a Palio lighter. Uh, it doesn't have the lifetime warranty, but you get something a lot cheaper that way. So um, I, I was very, very impressed with what they what they've been doing the last couple of years. Uh, with the, so again, I would go to a can of like you said, pick on Jimmy, right? Don't go to Jimmy or Johnny's butane. Because it's cheap. go with someone who's making butane to support their their products are making. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a really good point. 
good good uh, good set of advice there. Yeah. yeah. While we're still on accessories, mm-hmm. you want to talk about um there's been there's been uh, a conversation amongst people the last couple of years over the 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 quality and the warranty with Zycar cutters. I I can be honest, I haven't used it. <laughs> so, um I haven't used it. Um, I could. The only thing I could tell you is they made it a lot easier to, to streamline the process to get to get your thing in there. Right. You could do it all online now. You used to not be able to do that. You know, people have been saying, you know, and there's people who have probably been around much, much right. longer than me. I get that. I'm, I'm sure shit's different. Right. You know, people are talking about how like, oh, well, you know, the quality in Zycar cutters has dramatically declined over the last, you know, five years or whatever. And, you know, the more you used to be able to send them in and get a, like a brand new replacement, like now, like, you know, the warranties are the same. Uh, blah, blah. Look, I, I use a Zycar XO as my everyday throw around cutter. Uh, I, did, I, carry, I actually just got one. Of those. Yep. It's a hundred bucks. Uh, I've had it for like two years, three years. Uh, I use it every day. Um, that's the little cutter I keep with me everywhere I go. Um, great cutter. I don't have never, never any issues with it. It cuts great sharp still mm-hmm. sharp you know once in a while i give it the soak um to get all the just the the, the build up and the pectin and all that gets on it give it a soak let it dry wipe it clean it you know take uh, care of it and that's it um I, alcohol, I use alcohol to soak mine really yep interesting yep hmm. yep yeah it's you know we i've had the conversation with, with carney too you know cutters are cutters i mean obviously there's better quality cutters and a lot like the, the 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 giveaway ones you get the little flimsy ones with the yeah something yeah, so they don't last i've had them break whatever um having a good a, a decent cutter is nice to have it'll last you almost a lifetime as long as you take care of it yeah uh, and then when it gets to lighters you know we already kind of touched on lighters a little bit but it's like you know lighters never just seem to last you know and i've had this this conversation with john <laughs> I forget who he, I forget what the conversation he had. He was telling me he had, it was like, why is it that as an industry, we've never just been able to make a good, reliable lighter that it doesn't fail. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's true. There's a lot of lighters out yeah. there that yeah. they just don't last. Um, uh, no. Luckily for me, you know, I use a lot of Zycar and DuPont. Um, and I've, I've yeah. never really had any issues with those two. Um, but I know like I've had other brands of lighters and like after, you know, like I've had Lotus lighters, uh, I had a Lotus lighter that I loved. It was a flip top four torch. Right. I was like my favorite lighter for the longest time. It was huge. And everyone gave me shit for it, but I, I just loved it. And the, the spring broke on the, on the, on the, on the lid. And like, it was like, yeah, that's just dead now. And it's just like. It was so disappointing because it was like, I forget what it was, but it was a good lighter. And it was just like, all right, you know, and it, and it didn't last long. You know what I mean? That was the thing. It didn't last long. Like, I loved it. I used it like yeah. the whole summer and I got to the fall and the thing snapped. And I was like, oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, it's, um, it's, I know what you're saying. Like I said, I've extended lighters that I thought were dead with better butane with the, with the high performance. It hasn't, it hasn't prevented an early death, but it's extended the life is what I'll say. Um, you know, in particular, it, the problem of clogged jets, um, I find oh, is a, a little, 
that's a big one. That's the number, you know, then it's one of the mechanical things that's, you know, wear and tear is just eventually going to, going to take its toll. Um, I tend, you know, it's funny. I tended to use more Calibri cutters than Zycar. Um, and I always use Zycar lighters. Um, I just, I, you know, obviously Calibri, they had the, and I'm not a V cut guy, but I have the SV cut, um, you know, and why, I, why I got it. I have no idea because I don't V cut ever. Right. But right. I have, Me you know, but I, yeah, but I have a nice big one on my conference table in the studio that I'll use. Um, uh, let me tell you, I've had a Calibri cutter. Okay. Um, that I got, it's one of those wing, it's, I forget what it, it's, it's that classic design. They mm-hmm. gave it to me at the 2010 IPCPR. Like they gave it. It was an IPCPR branded cutter. All I do is clean that thing. And it, 11 years, it still works. Wow. I don't leave the house with it because it's, IP, it's, it's got the IPCPR logo. So right. they make a hell of a cutter, Calibri. And like I said, all I do is keep it clean and I don't, I don't abuse it. Um, do I use it every day? No. But I mean, I use, I, I tend to rotate through my cutters as well just to kind of give them, you know, give them some work, you know, you know, that's, and that's another thing. Rotate through your cutters and lighters is another thing because you don't want to, you know, this way if you, you kind of extend the life of them all together. Yeah. Proper care of all your tools is number one. I mean, that's, yeah, always do that. it, absolutely. Um, well, uh, what, what is there that I wanted to tell you um, or ask you? Sorry. Rather. No, that's okay. Um, oh, PCA thing. There's a PCA thing I wanted to ask about. Um, I'm not like I'm not like being on one side or whatever. I just like generally just I'm like oh, like this is an open. Just want to get your opinion on this, okay? Because I oh, I I heard some conversation about this from some of the PCA critics. Um, so I want to get your, your okay uh, your comment on this. Okay. So a lot of I heard a I heard a or maybe not a lot. I heard a small section of people online talking about um the PCA just off of a trade show, um. You know, everyone was just out there, you know, making money, whatever. And right after the trade show ends, these emails keep going out looking for donations um, for money. And there was some there was some uh, some hate talk going on about that. And I thought it was a little interesting. I figured I don't, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So there's like a, um, hey, we got to raise sixty thousand dollars in sixty days. Yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and I, 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 I heard a lot of people kind of talking about it and kind of being hate hating on it, and I don't know if well, it's a good topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of being like, well, you know, the PCA claims, you know, like they made X amount of money, or whatever, or they went blah 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 blah, and then like. A month later, they're you know they're begging for for money to get to sixty thousand dollars in donations that they need. Um, you know, what do you what do you take away from that discussion? Because I I think it's interesting. Uh, okay, I'll, and then I'll beat the PCA up on something. I'm not gonna beat them up on this. All right, Jay, get ready. Okay, no. <laughs> Coop's coming for you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So listen, the the P, the PCA gets beat up way too much. Okay, they. Mm-hmm. I mean it's 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 they're a punching bag it's been like this for 11 years it's it, look sometimes it's justified right most of the time it's not right they this they need fundraising okay yeah. they need to fundraise and you know what 
they they went out and they put together a fundraising campaign. And I'm seeing a lot of retailers and a lot of manufacturers and to, to go to that. Good for the PCA to do that. Okay. There's nothing wrong. And guess what? They didn't have as many, they didn't take in the revenue at the show. Maybe they wanted to do a smaller booze, right? Um, there were less attendees, right? Um, they didn't have any trade show last year. You know, I beat up the boutique cigar association, right? Because they never tried to fundraise a dime, right? And you've heard of the boutique cigar association, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How can you be an association and not try to raise a penny? All right. They, I, I, they didn't raise it. And they, they, they want to have like they want to have like leverage and a seat at the table, but they don't want to raise a dime. Look, the PCA is doing what they need to do. They, they're trying to they need to raise money right now. I think this is a, a, a great idea. Um, now, you want to argue it's right after the trade show. OK, I, I mean, I can, I can say maybe wait a month or so, but. They need to be doing fundraising things throughout the whole year. So I'm yeah. going to defend them on this and I'm going to say good job by the PCA on this. Yeah. I mean, you know, the PCA at the end of the day, you know, half of their existence is to fight battles. The other half is to raise right. the money to fight the battle. So yeah, they're doing their job. I've been beating up the boutique cigar association for two years because they have not tried to raise a penny. And they're a much smaller organization than PCA. Like, like, get, believe me, they, even if they raised a few hundred dollars here and there, it's better than absolutely doing nothing but bitching and complaining like they do all the time. The BC Star Association. But that I'm getting, I'm going to go on a rant on that. I don't want to go too much into that. Oh, um, we we but, can if if that's be, what it is. If you want, if you yeah, just well, like well, are well, afra- wait, if you're afraid to, that's one thing. But if you're worried about time, be, like we have time be, for that. Let's let me be more prepared for that in the future. Okay, because right. in fairness, you know, I think their heart's also in the right place. So but I'll just say I have been all over when, when I see a, a, a quote unquote, a spirit trade association, not try to raise a penny. OK, mm-hmm. it's a problem. PCA is doing what they need to do. Good. Good job by the PCA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would agree with that. I think that the PCA is, you know, they're doing whatever they can. It has been a rough couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, the trade shows have not been as successful as they used to be. They right. do have things that they need to work on. They're aware of that. We they're all aware of that. They, they We're all aware of it. They need, and you know what? They need to. They're not sitting back on their ass and doing it. You know, they're 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 make, they're being proactive here. Yeah, they're doing whatever they can. They're not just right. like, well, we'll see right. what happens. Yeah. No, I mean, they're. Look, I think it takes a lot of guts and a lot of. We've pride. seen what Pete Johnson's doing too behind the scenes. We all know Pete Johnson. He's working behind the scenes with manufacturers right now. So. You know what? I, I think they have to attack this in a lot of different ways. Sorry, I'm just reading this. The, the BCA does nothing to support PCA or fight regulation. Who, they are just talk blah. Can I blah, can I ask blah. who said that? I won't like unless you don't. They don't. They put it out there. I just found access to the comments. Oh yeah, no, it's Jay Davis. Good for Jay <laughs> Davis. I figured that the BCA the BCA is an absolute joke. Okay, but I also think their hearts in the right place. I just don't understand what purpose they serve um other than i think they're a, a group a social group that doesn't you know the bca the, the bca the boutique cigars i see yeah 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 yeah, yeah. who actually good uh, guys and the good guys on there i'm not but i'm like how do you not fundraise how do you not fundraise i just keep going to you know how do you not go to a pca trade show and see what it's all about <laughs> it's just you know before you bitch about it Right. That's a, that's a whole argument. I, when people bitch about the trade show and have never been there, that's a, I have a real problem with that. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would agree with that too. Um, yeah, people who, it's just ignorance. You know, it's when you comment on stuff and you don't, and you don't know enough about Look, it. That, I it's had a big ignorance. problem when, when there were people back, who stayed home this year, right? Who bitched about the trade show, right? Like they saw a picture, right? Oh, the trade show's dead. You know, like, like you're not there. You don't know what's going on. Like, you know. Can I can I pick on the PCA now? Mm-hmm. What is the PCA doing having a, a this this event in Washington D.C. in October uh, in the middle of a pandemic? I mean that the NRA who you said you know the NRA just canceled their convention. Like I'm, is it, 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 I don't know that I that I have a problem with. I mean, why are you going and introducing this right? And then are you gonna? What if they have lockdowns and stuff like that? You know, you're gonna, you're gonna create. Do you want to have another Drew State situation or something? Hold off on that. If you want to do that? Do it next year. I I, I don't see that why you have to do that now. That's that's just my opinion on that. We're, we're in a pandemic. Mm. Despite what some people say, we are in a pandemic, and that that part I I don't I that I don't understand. I'll play the devil's advocate here. Okay. I can see both sides of it. Um, I see your side of it as someone yeah. who you know, is concerned you know, with the pandemic and the health right. and the safety. You get it? You can never yeah. deny that. Right. Uh, no matter who it is or what it is. I think that there is a a level of comfortability that everyone um, cigar industry, not just everyone. Um, well, maybe not everyone, but the majority has uh, grown back into. Um, you know, over the last six months or so, and a lot, a lot of it has to do with vaccine confidence, right? Um, and people are just kind of in this place where, you know what, like we got vaccines now and like we can always wear the mask too. Like we have enough to be safe. Uh, and that's why you're still seeing a lot of people rolling on with, you know, events and stuff going on. Like there's still oh. concerts, professional sports games are still filling stadiums and arenas and venues yeah. and stuff like that right now. Um, oh yeah. I mean, look, I went down to Abe's thing today, but I'll tell you, I'm going to be completely honest. I committed to it and I lived up to the commitment. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't committed to it, I wouldn't have gone. Mm-hmm. That you know, um, and I got that. very yeah, and it wasn't a huge amount. I mean, it was, but I'll tell you what, of, of my travels today was the most nervous I was coming out of something because I interacted with a lot of people without a mask on and people I didn't know. That was the one thing that I'm there. I can say I came out nervous with more than anything was today doing the 25th anniversary, not blaming anyone, but I mean, I look at Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival and, and I, I'm. <laughs> There's absolutely no social distancing going on with that thing. And uh, I'm very disappointed from what I'm seeing. I mean, try, they didn't even try out there to, to have as it just seems like. Man, sure, it's a great festival and people having a great time. But, you know, again, we're in a pandemic. You have a lot of people coming up from Florida, which is right now become one of the epicenters down here of this pandemic. So, right. Yeah. So I, but I get what you're saying, too. Yes, we have vaccines and yet we have to get on with things. We have to get on with things. I just don't think you need to do this thing right now. I, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm seeing things get canceled 
and now you're now you're having an event, which is a rooftop of you know it's outdoors, it's over a hundred people. It's not like it's a twenty-five person event. Is what I'm saying. So, I I just question where, where who's making who made that decision. It, it, I think it's a bad decision. Yeah, I mean. I was actually a little surprised it didn't get canceled because we've already seen a lot of things get canceled. You know, Euro State canceled all their stuff. They had some yeah, big events. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cigar Fest was canceled. Yeah. Espinosa just canceled. Now, Espinosa can- just canceled. Now, I'll tell you about Espinosa for a second. That's the one that should have canceled more than anyone. Not because they put on a great event, but that is an indoor event in a warehouse that's crowded. So I, I totally understand why they had to pull the plug on that. Right. It's it, it just uh, I, I, I can tell you that because uh, I've been to that event four times and it's a great event, but I understand that some of these other ones were outdoor events that were canceled. So, um, you know, I know, you know, again, I don't know. I look at the trick. I just think that's setting a bad here. Here's where I'm kind of going with this. If you look at the PCA is kind of the setting the tone for the industry, setting the example for the industry. You're basically setting the example saying, well, I'm not worrying about pandemic going on. And I said, that's just kind of how I read it. That's just kind of how I read it. Right. And I think, you know, I, it's just, I just think it was the wrong decision. But I, I'm not saying we shouldn't have events or anything like that. But I think when you get into these, when you get into the numbers of 100, that's where I'm kind of, we really should be backing off those right now. Until we kind of come out of this again. Do you think the big smoke will be canceled? Unless from the body done. language I heard, by the way, from what I read right now, I'm going to say no. I no. think they're going to go through this one with hella high water. I think they. I heard. I read some things already that that doesn't affect. Because remember, right they weren't at they weren't at PCA, and cigar aficionado has been very cautious with this whole situation. That's the one thing. Yeah. Um, so it, I, you know, it's interesting. That's a really good point. They've been cautious about it. Um, I think they're going to have to make the call by about September 15th if they're going to cancel these or not. I don't think they want to. They've canceled it. I feel bad for them. They've canceled this thing three times. The Miami one's been canceled three times. Right. So I don't think I think they might have already pulled the plug on it. Um, I think they're watching the Vegas. I I don't think Vegas. I think it's going to be Vegas is going to make it very. I don't think they're going to shut Vegas down again unless it becomes like the epicenter. I think they learned the lesson. They almost killed their city with that. So I don't oh. think. They're going to, yeah. The images of those casinos with the, with the slot machines off and the lights off. I mean, was, that was, was a, that was truly this 24 hours. I mean, you could go there on Christmas Eve and it'd be packed to see that those yeah. casino floors dark yeah. with machines off was scary. Yeah. No, because, it's like true. you said, that city does not there. You know, that's really the real city that never sleeps. I don't give a, I don't give a yeah. say, but that is the city that never sleeps. Yeah, it, it really doesn't more than New York. No, it's true. Like, like it I doesn't. Said, my dad has gone to Vegas at Christmas time. And I can tell you, um, he's been at Christmas Eve and, and the casinos are packed. So it, it truly isn't. And to see that happen was, was it, it, you know, it's surreal. Yeah. As a side note, um, not to change the topic, but so I mentioned El Septimo before. Yes. Have you tried one yet? 
Um, yes, I have, but not the uh, I've had it prior, and I don't remember which one I had. Uh, did you have one of the new ones, or did you have one of the ones with the, the bigger mirrored bands on it? The mirror, the bigger ones. So I don't remember which one this is, but on the back it says eight year age tobacco. Um, I don't know if anyone saw it when I was cutting uh-huh. it and lighting it, but this was very interesting. <clears throat> um, it had that real thin tip to it, like the Hemingways from Arturo right. Puente, and it, and it came back up. Um, I've since kind of burned through that now. Um, but it's so damn tight. So damn tight before you actually burn up to it. And it got me thinking, like, I know a lot of it's going to be like for flavor, but why, like, why, why that, why that design on the roll? I just feel like it's just kind of you start off with this really tight tip, and yeah, you know, and you have to just wait for it to burn through before you can actually get to the full draw of the cigar. And it's like, why not just have the draw right from the beginning? Yeah, and then you know, there's people say, well, you can cut the tip, I mean, but then that defeating the whole purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're right on that. I, I don't uh, I don't understand. I mean, the Fuente ones are kind of like that too. They're not as bad. Like the between the lines, the the short stories, they're not as bad. They're, they're a little more drawable. This was like yeah, tight, tight, tight. But once I got like that small little tip burnt, it's smoking much better now. But it's like, why waste my time and ruin my experience? Let me be able to draw through it right from the start. Right. You know, I never got that. It's like those double cap cigars, right? You know, look at all the smoke I got now. In the beginning, I had nothing. Yeah, yeah. those you know? double cap cigars are, are first of all they hold moisture, right? So some people have pinholes, but even so, I can't get a draw on those double. Those double, you know, they're just pain. I can't get a good draw on those. Well, now that I can taste the the tobaccos really and get a lot of smoke out of it, it's pretty they, good. Listen, I, I, uh, they're out of Costa Rica, um, and I've been to Costa Rica. I've been the one factory down there, um, not the one that makes El Septimo. Um, Costa Rica is doing some interesting. I mean, they make the Atabays in Costa Rica. Um, they're the factories are all small down there, and there's a lot of attention to detail, is what I've seen. Yeah, uh, absolutely. With fermentation and stuff like that. Um, and I think that factory. I've had other stuff out of that factory. Um. It's kind of like, do I think I'm getting the, like, with El Septimo, do I think uh, I'm getting the value versus where I could go to a Davidoff, um, I'll put a natural and Sterling in there, or Padron, and, and, and get the same thing. That's that's kind of where I go with that. How much? The answer is no. I don't think it's going to beat those experiences yet. No. It's a good cigar. I think they're a little bit higher priced than they should be. Mm-hmm. Um doesn't mean that they're not great. I mean, this, it takes a long time this is my first it. one. So, I mean, yeah. so far, this is good. I have a whole bunch of samples that I have of all the different colored yeah. bands that they make, whatever. They, yeah, they need to. They're going to have an interesting model into the into the U.S. market, I think. Um, You know, they don't have a face is the problem. They need a face for that company. Well, they have they have that. They have Zaya. <laughs> but Zaya has got other business. Like Zaya is not the. Could he be the, he'd have to, he can't fully dedicate his time to it. He can't fully dedicate his time to it. You know, I think La Polina struggled without Bill Paley as the face. Uh, Sam's done a good, Sammy's done a good job, but I mean, uh, for a while, you know, Bill was the face and when he wasn't traveling, uh, it was a problem, but they, I think 
El Septimo needs a face, and it can't just be some gimmicky guy doing it. Mm. It's got to be a legitimate guy who's they have, you know, and they brought in some good salespeople right now. They brought Chip in from Ashton. So, I mean, they're making some, but I still think they need a true brand ambassador, kind of like what General's done. Right. I think that would be a big help. Uh, having a face, you know, changes everything for every brand. Yeah. Um, you I do. I mean, the, Camacho's got George Ramey right now. Right. Um, Eddie Guerra's getting out there more for Avo. Mm-hmm. So I think I think you need you need they're going to need to face someone who's like it's not going to be Jose Blanco, but like a Jose Blanco, like on the ground. Like when Jose went to E.P. Carrillo, I mean, he had E.P. Carrillo front and center in the stores for a while. And, you know, he's on the ground and uh, building a ground game like that. And I think they need I don't know who they can get, but they're going to need someone with some credentials to do it to make that work. Yeah, I agree. And I think time will tell with them. Yep. I think they'll learn that too. Yeah. That the U.S. market's a little bit different. It's a little bit more. You remember, America's a little bit more about star power and And celebrity. Yep. And and Europe's different. It's very different. You know, they don't have the same concept like that. It's rare you have a cigar celebrity do an event in the store. Um, you know, the whole sales model is even different. You know, the idea of reps traveling from hotel to hotel doesn't go on in Europe. It's a there's a distribu- there's a distributor and they push stuff to the retailers and that and then the retailers kind of do their thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's no such thing as, as that. They they sell to the distributor, and then the distributor pushes it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the same thing with the liquor world too. Like, yeah. From what I understand, it, the distributors have all the control. You know, like for example, you know people who who drink bourbon who know about like the bourbon boom right. that we currently live in that just right. hasn't stopped. Um, you know, these distilleries are, are, are trying to, you know, uh, distill whiskey and bourbon right. as fast as they can, as much yeah. as they can. Uh, you're seeing, you know, people, you know, one of the, perhaps arguably the largest, um, producer of bourbon, Kentucky bourbon, uh, right now that is probably the most well-known and most popular and makes the biggest variety of the most sought after stuff is Buffalo Trace, which is owned by the Sazerac company. Um, they are currently undergoing a 1.9 or 1.2, something like that billion dollar expansion. Wow. wow. Because they, and they're building more warehouses. They're building more, um, just fermentation and the whole, the whole thing, the, everything, their production, yeah. their aging, you know, I think, I don't know if they have their own cooperage or not, but they're expanding. They're trying to be as big as they can because, you know, anyone who knows bourbon, you know, you're looking for something like a couple examples, you know, Blanton's Eagle Rear Weller, Elmer T. Lee, yeah. um, you know, E.H. Taylor, good stuff. And you often see it marked way overpriced in liquor stores. You get it because there's only so much to go around. It's all allocated. Um, and, you know, it's sad because there's people out there who pay way too much for it just because it's hard to find. And it's not even like it's super, super special. I mean, people are paying yeah. high prices for, you know, a low age statement bourbon. That's a good bourbon, but it's not a $500 bourbon, but that's what they're paying for it. Yeah. Um, because there's not enough. And you're seeing that 
um, more and more. And you have company now, I mean, now that the bourbon boom has started, you know, and, and that's one of the, I think is one of the biggest differences between like the tobacco industry and like the whiskey industry is that, you know, is look, we know that there's struggles with cigar manufacturers to keep up with the demand. That's true. Right. And right. I'm not downplaying that at all. What I will say is how much easier is it in comparison? How much easier is it for a cigar manufacturer to catch up and increase their production to get cigars out a little quicker and make up for that than a whiskey maker who regardless has to let that whiskey sit in a barrel for six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 12, 15 years. Yeah. You know, you can make more barrels, but your, your return on investment and your, you know, your yield on that is much longer, you know? Yep. Um, I just think that's very interesting not to really go lost on a tangent there, but no, I agree. I think it is too. It, it, it's, it's true. And, yep. you know, we have seen, you know, the cigar manufacturers, you know, struggle with production, especially in the last year, huge boom happens. Um, you know, I remember in the beginning, you know, listening to the cigar authority, you know, Dave Barry and Jonathan, you know, I remember, I think it was Barry and Dave who really got into this, uh, specific discussion on at the time it was like around may of last year may or june uh so we were already kind of really full-fledged in the pandemic and they were kind of going back and forth on the cigar authority one day and the conversation was are we going to see what we saw in the 90s where people were just like harvest ferment get it in roll it wet put it in the box, get it out because we just can't even wait. And we're already, I think we're already seeing it. Yeah. And we are seeing it. Yeah. Um, I don't think everyone's doing it, no. but I think we have seen that in the, yeah. in the cigar yeah. industry now. Yeah. Again. Uh, yeah. I think we have, um, that's a valid, it was a valid debate. Very um, valid. I thought it was very important. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a quality decrease, you know, we've, so, you know, the, the Coop team and uh, Aaron, I'll put Aaron and me in this more to maybe Bear and Ben. I don't think that would be fair for Aaron. So I'll maybe put this more on Aaron and me. We have been very much feeling that, there's, that this started before the pandemic, that we've seen a decrease in quality over the past, since about 2018. Mm. We're just seeing an over, it's like the cigars are not as good. Um, they're not scoring as well. Um, they're just not, not, we're not seeing, especially on the limited edition end. Um, I mean, the limited edition, in my opinion, that market has, you want to talk about the real estate crash? I think the limited edition market has crashed maybe in terms of quality, not in terms of, I just, I don't think limited editions are what they were five or six years ago. Yeah. It used to be you would work on a limited edition. It, you'd have a, a, a project and you take it from concept to reality, right? Now it's like, what brand, what blend can I pull out of the factory and slap a band on it? Mm. So, the, I mean, the LEs are just, they're garbage most of them lately. Is, is there any specifics you want to name or no? Let me name who's doing it right. Okay. I think it'll be easier. Uh, Black Label Trading Company. 
is yeah. doing it right. They they put a lot into the limited editions. They they treat these as serious projects. They they work hard to get the, the tobacco uh, procured. They work on the blends. They work on the branding, and they have an annual release cycle where they're not one and done. But they do a small batch production on. I think they're doing it right. I think that's the way to do it. And when I don't see that, when I don't see a lot of effort put into the branding, that's when I kind of, um, I said, well, what are we doing here? You know, and look, I've been very critical of what I've seen come out of Pravada. I mean, I'm not a fan of what they do. I'm not a fan of their marketing and I'm not a fan that they're getting great blends either. I just don't see it. Hmm. I'm not, you know, I think they have an interesting business model. They have an interesting business model, but they've also they've had they've had some issues. Look, and, and, I'm telling you, I've had some of the cigar. Now, I've had some that are, you know, I had I've had some of the good, but more I had are like these are not impressive cigars, right? I know, I know, I've talked to a lot of people who who've been disappointed with some of that stuff from them, uh, as well as oh, you know, and don't get me started. And, and their branding, don't even get me started on that. That's that's what they're doing is blatant with their branding. Oh, they absolutely! Exactly, they know exactly what they're doing. They absolutely. have a model. They have a more undone model, and they, they the worst they'll do is get their hands slapped. You know, like that cinnamon cigar. I mean, they they yeah. How do you not know? How is someone not going to go after you on that? What about the uh? What about the uh the the Alec Bradley release for Dojo the to, the uh the Dojo Chico? Uh, <laughs> that's you put me. Um, all those guys are my friends. I, I like those guys too. I like those guys too. Um, and I'm not I, trying to bash them, but I, th- I thought they, the same they, thing. They I'm more, like, okay. All right. I was so worried. I was worried for them. Like, I love the idea. I love Topo myself. But I'm like, I hope this doesn't get them in trouble though. Cause this is a cool concept. But like, I, I was, I was thinking about it too. Uh, like, uh, it's really, really close. Um, They are all more creative than that. Honestly, they come up with some great, Eric and all of them come up with great branding. I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I understand. I understand there's there's a there's a story with those guys, but 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 again, I, I have so much respect for those guys. I don't want to beat them up too much, other than I absolutely I, I haven't had a you know, but it wouldn't be you know, it was it was look, and they're not the first to do it either. So um I, I don't know, you know, the fact you see, if, if I'm not trying to get you in trouble either, and I'm no, not even trying no, to bash I'm them not, myself. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I, I'll, I'll kind of go back. I, I would have loved to see them come up with something original, like they did with Iridosi, uh, when they came with the Iridosi brand, which was like this leap year cigar. That these guys are really creative. I, I I don't see why you had to go this that route. I, I I don't I don't. But um, all those people are so good to me that. It's like, you know, I just got to it's I have a difference of opinion on it. And so I don't want to beat them up too much on it either because they're good. They're all really good. They're friends. They're all friends of mine. Mm. I just you know, but I think I would have rather seen something more original done. Yeah, no, I got, you know, I both sides of Dojo and, and Alec Bradley. You know, I I, I liked it. I, I like those guys, too. Um, and I liked I really liked the concept. And I, did, and I, I actually and I want to try. I want to get my hands on it. I know right now it's a Rocky Mountain exclusive. Um until it opens up. But uh, yeah, I, I remember looking at that and I remember saying like, oh, wow. I can't remember if I had the car. I thought Prav- I thought Pravada immediately when I when I thought that is when I thought Pravada and Ezra Zion. I started well, that's why I, I brought it up because we were just right. talking about, you know, Pravada does that all the time. 
and I'm well, and, and it kind of yeah. reminded me of it. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a and I was very critical of the um, look. I was critical when Nomad Ezra Zion bought Nomad, and they started putting Nomad Classic as a Coca Cola Classic uh, logo they put out there, like the, the for the Nomad. That's ridiculous. Like, why would you, you remember the whole story with Dave Garofalo and, and the Hershey Bar? Yes. Yeah, and he got a cease and desist, and, and and he stopped it, and he never did that again. Yeah. Right. So, um, there's precedent. I don't want to see anyone. Look, here's the deal. I don't want to see anyone have to get slapped with a cease and desist. That that's what I'll just say. Because these guys, you know, these guys work hard, hard enough. That's why I don't understand why. Um. So, you know. I, but but again, I, I wish them I hope they sell every one of them out because they're all good people. But if I'm going to be critical of Pravada, I, I got to be consistent on this one. Yeah. 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 True. You, you can't, yeah, yeah. You can't you can't take the same issue for two people and shit. On I, one I, I can't. I, 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 I can't. I can't. So um, but I've also had problems with Pravada promoting Sesame Street characters on cigars. So. You know, yeah. they could say they're not Sesame Street characters. Guess what? They're Sesame Street characters. Yeah. So uh, like that, co- you know, like so, the Cookie Monster. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just I don't understand it in, in this market, what, like in this environment. So Dude, we got to have Jay Davis on here with us sometime because he, he just got so much. He's got so much to say. Yeah. Um, let me let, I'm going to put a little catch up here. So we, in, in regards to the, the previous conversation, when I think of the quality and innovation of new cigars in the period of 2009 to 13, with the Benji, uh, the birth of Liga, and many other cigars that hit the market then were superior to what's been in the market 2018 to today. The rush to market since the deeming regulations in 2016 has a lot to do with it. I don't buy into the BS that this is the golden age of cigars. It's the golden age of new and exciting tobaccos, yes, but innovation is down. Yeah, definitely. He's right. He's 100% right on that. Yeah, it's a very interesting take. There, there is, yeah. Um, I, I would, I would, I would kind of agree with that. I, I think you're seeing more. You know, you know why? There was a handful of people who did it and did it right, and it was huge. You know, I mean, you look at, you know, he might, you know, like Liga, you know, Opus X, you know, Davidoff does a lot of like special, you know, releases and stuff like that. Those are bigger companies. They, you know, now you're seeing like everyone try to do like a special release, and there are a lot of good ones out there. I'm not saying that they all suck. No, that's not that's not what I'm saying at all. But what I think you're seeing is so many people are doing it and so many people are just calling so many things a special edition that it's like, is it really special though? There's so many special editions out there now. Right. Um, right. I mean, it's just, it's like, funny. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it, it's yeah. funny. I mean, there's, you know, I'll give you like a good example of a limited edition, okay? My father, the my father Ellie's, mm-hmm. they they make those cigars and they make them almost every year. And they put their key thing is they put Pelo de Oro in there, which they don't get a lot of high yield on. And some of those my father's are great cigars, and some of them are duds. I mean, it's just, but I I always know that at least that's a, a good limited edition that's coming out. And I notice there's some sort of a, of a tobacco that is harder to get there. So. Um, when I hear of the limited edition, but we're not going to tell you what any of the tobaccos are. They're, they're super secret. Well, you know, I'm like, what's really? so secret about it? <laughs> what's so secret about it, right? Yeah. Um, 
I mean, so, and again, you know, when I see, you know, like I said, that, that's how I would look at it. Um, like I said, I think Black Label does a great job at it. Um, I think Viaje struggles with it sometimes. Um, I think they have some really good limited editions, and I think they have some a lot of duds in there, too, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least I could say Viaje is creative with what they do. They're very, they do think out of the box with that. Um. So, you know, again, I, I, I think like, well, look at Booth. Booth does it too. Booth's got yeah. a lot of limited yeah. edition stuff, or maybe not limited, but just like special stuff that little one offs. He yeah. does a lot of one offs for himself, for others um, that I know of. And, you know, that's always been interesting too. Here's what I'll say about Provado, though. Okay. They have the capability to not do this, this lazy marketing that I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. They they tell a good story, okay? They tell a very good story of the industry. So why not put all that energy into some original thinking? Focus on the tobaccos and stuff like that. I think your members will appreciate it because I, I mean I don't see why they're coming out with, you know, some of the stuff they're coming out with. It's just so gimmicky. Where I think, and like I said I could I can like or hate the cigars. That's not my issue, but but. Take like if you watch the if you I don't know if you ever seen their videos they're very good videos and, and they do try to educate people on that yeah so I don't see why you're putting this into like this nonsense that's all I'm gonna say so I, you know that, that's what I'm saying I think they could do that story better than having a Sesame Street character or yeah. Kentucky I agree. yeah a Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket or something like that yeah oh you're throwing shade of booth now come on. I didn't. I, I I didn't like it. I didn't like the marketing. I'll be honest with you. Ooh, Matthew is not going to be happy. Well, again, again, again. <laughs> if I'm going to pick on, I go, God, I, I feel bad. I even. I'm going to text him right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure he'll hear the show. Huh? <laughs> but I hate. I hate because all these guys are my friends. But look, I, I and I know this is the environment we're in. But I also know that there's some really great creative people, and they know tobacco, and they they know um they know how to um. You know, they have good palates and stuff like that. So I know what they can deliver to the market. I just I don't understand why why this is a route. Maybe I'm maybe I know it's done in the craft the craft beer route. So it's not fair to just pick on the cigar industry. It's done in other industries too. So let me, so, let me ask you, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, before you do, I just want to say Dan Thompson comments. I love the Davidoff Chefs edition. Um they were they were bringing a new twist in the Davidoff world. I haven't had them. There, let me tell you, some of the they they the last two have ranked in the top ten on the coop list. Wow, um, I think it's the best. I, I think because I think there's really a focus on on the flavor of the cigars with those. I think there's I think there's an I think they go through an exercise on that one. Well, I don't think this is like you know they have some of these Davidoff Vault editions they slap bands on, right? I get that, right? I don't like yeah. it, but but these the the chef's editions, in my opinion, the last two have been fantastic. Um, so I agree with Dan on that. And I, I, it's, and I've seen some of the videos, they really do incorporate these people into the project, the chefs, uh, which, which is really good. So, um, but anyway, you were about to say something. Yeah. What if I took the smoke and tobacco, uh, logo and I started marketing, um, some sort of, uh, a, a brand of soda with it on it. Like, would you like that? Like I just, Hey, I'm going to take your logo and I'm going to sell limited edition soda. Or limited edition potato chip with the smoke and tobacco logo on it. I know I wouldn't like it if someone took the coop logo and did that. Mm-hmm. So why is that okay? That's where I have. That's where I'm kind of going with that. 
it, well, you, it, well first yeah. of all you'd, you'd get a you'd get a letter from my lawyer very quickly. absolutely i know it would <laughs> um yeah that's my point i made one phone call and yeah he's got a letter out there for you so yeah yeah um so that, that again <laughs> I, i'm very yeah exactly um look we're, i'm always respective of intellectual property and stuff like that so um you, you can probably see on the coop site every photo is credited Every photo gets credit. Um, and then the question is, can I use it? If it says photo credit cigar coop, I'll give you permission. If it says photo credit uh, XYZ cigar company, you got to talk to them because I don't have the intellectual capital. On it. Hmm. So and that's how we, that's how it's done. So um, if you're asking me, you know, I, I can't always do that. Now, I know some companies are to have a have a blanket policy that um, it's it's blanket release. So if someone will ask me. Hey, can I use this photo? And I know there's a blanket policy. I said, yeah, go, go ahead. There's no issue with that. Um, some don't is what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's where a problem happens. And we can get, we'll get into a whole intellectual property edition of spare notes. I, I could go on. That's a whole show I could do. Yeah, we. It, it, there's no shortage of ideas and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, we have that. We have uh, apparently you can go off on the Boutique Cigar Association. Uh, which is an interesting one. We'll have to do a whole show just for that. Yeah. Um, hold on one second. I'm sorry. I have a little bit of a technical thing. Uh, I'm not the only one uh, who thinks that. So. Give me, give me ten seconds. Uh, ten. Yeah. While Matt's doing that, how is everyone doing tonight in the audience? Boom. Well, you don't have access to the chats, so you wouldn't know. No, I know. I have this. You guys see, because I'm standing. I where the I only have one computer, and and a tripod, and it's it's really tough. I can't reach the computers. The <laughs> so, so it's really Funny, hard. It actually it actually cooled off up here because we had a little bit of a heat wave during yeah, the week, yeah, and yeah. we got rain today, and now yeah. it's cooling off. Now we got like yeah. 62 degrees. We, you know, from like two days ago, it was 100, and now it's 63. Yeah. Um. And I'm like, I want to go put my sweatpants on. Yeah. I don't believe it. Um. It, it's just so weird how the weather yeah. reacts here. Um. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about your trip to California. Um. Anything interesting happened on that trip? Um. Let me. Let me. Just, I'll make a. It, this is a quick note. Um. If you are looking to go to the city of San Francisco, basically don't plan on like enjoying a cigar out there. Um. It's by far the of the large cities I've been to, um, it's the most restrictive, most unfriendly place to smoke. Really? I mean, and I'm saying this, New York is a cakewalk compared to San Francisco. At least New York has Davidoff places and uh, the Grand Havana Room, Club Macanudo. Uh, there, there are some stores in the outer borough. You, you can smoke. And there is no place to smoke in San Francisco. Indoors, and it's hard outdoors. Um, is what I'll just say. It is not, it is the most unfriendly. And look, here's the deal. Can you find a place where you can puff on a cigar? Yeah, but again, we're cigar enthusiasts. That's not what we do. Um, you know, it, it's a little more about the, the craft and the, the relaxation where you want to sit there. So I'm just saying San Francisco, great city, love the city. Um, but if you want to see an example of, of tobacco prohibition in play, Go to San Francisco, and then then you'll think otherwise. However, you go over the bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge, into Marin County, uh, 
and I was up in a town called, I think it was Mill Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found this great place called Telford's. Uh, wonderful humidor, a lot of rare to find stuff, and an outdoor area to smoke, which was my only thing. So um, it's not all hopeless in California. Out where Aaron is, it's uh, this place is, there's some places in Napa. Um, but San Francisco basically don't plan on smoking there. You just, it, it's a, I went on the Golden Gate Bridge to check a box, and here's the thing. I saw that. Okay. I felt bad because there were families on there with small children and it's narrow. Okay. And they're, they're not, look, they're on the bridge to enjoy themselves. Right. I don't want to be disrespectful. So I kind of, I did my thing and then I got off the bridge. Um, I think everyone, no one gave me a hard time, but it was my decision because again, there's, if it was my, if I was up there with my kids, do I want, you know, I, I was just, that was just my feeling, but yeah, I had to check that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like it's a special place to do it, but at the same time, you got to be mindful of those around yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You do. Um, so yeah, don't go to don't go to um, don't go out to California uh for a cigar vacation, or at least don't go to San Francisco. L.A. was a different story. I've been to L.A. L.A. is not as hard to smoke as San Francisco. This what's your favorite? That, what's your favorite place in L.A.? Um, I tend to like uh Malibu, which Malibu. is just outside of L.A. Yeah. So it's a it's one of those coast coast area cities. Um, well, I, I know about I, Malibu, California, but I meant like specific like places like lounges. Um, there's a place in Glendale, and I think it's called Club Humidor. It's called Humidor or something. It's called the Humidor or something. But there's a place in Glenville, uh, Glendale, which I love to go smoke in. Um, wow. That's because I've gone out there several times, um, and Tim Wong would be able to tell me. I I know exactly where it is. Uh, um, he, uh, damn, I can't remember the name of the place now, but it's in Glen, it's in Glendale. It's right by the for, mall. For those who know, um, on Instagram, you would know her as Cigar Chase Fire. Her real name's Anna. Uh-huh. Um, sweet lady, awesome, real cool. Met her um, a couple of times. Um, sorry, PCA. She actually just opened up a place in L.A. called, or maybe it's in, uh, near L.A. Um, it's called La Biblioteca, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah. And that's a new place that I think she just opened. And they actually yeah. hosted one of the uh, Rocky Patel Cigar Smoking World Championship. Um, Pro Humo is the place I go to. Pro Humo, okay. Cool. Pro Humo, yeah, on Colorado. Um. That's a that's a new upcoming place. I I, I'll have to check. I mean, I don't get out to L.A. as much as I used to. But, yeah, I mean, I was out there about a year and a half ago. And it, it just kind of I thought about it. So two years ago, actually, I thought about this the other day. What is your take on the whole cigar smoking world championship thing? I, I think it's a great thing. Yeah. Um, I've actually tried it. Um. I think as an industry, we have not done enough to promote it. Um, so, I mean, part of it's because it's a European basing, but I think they, they, I mean, these things should all be streamed. I mean, um, but it's gaining traction. So where it was five years ago versus where it is now, it's starting to gain some traction. Um, I think it's a great thing at Boston, Boston Jimmy. Is competing, and I wish Boston Jimmy the best of luck. Last I heard, like a few hours ago, he was the final two in Pittsburgh. 
tonight. The guy, the guy, look, I'm pulling for him, and I think it would be the best thing if he wins this thing because he's media. And yeah. He knows how to promote it. Yeah. So um, he is really, I mean, he, he was in Charlotte, and I, I didn't know he was in Charlotte. Um, he was over at my shop, Tailored Smoke, and that's because I was probably prepping for, for our shows this week before I was leaving. Um, but, yeah, he apparently set an unofficial U.S. record there. Um, you know, where he's, but so I, I'm pulling for him, but I think it would be good because I think this is something we should be promoting as an industry. Ah, there is an update. I'm sorry. Uh, he came in as a razor thin second. Oh, sorry, Jimmy. Yeah. Who won it? Who won it? Do we know who won it? Ryan Janus. Okay. Uh, was his name. And he, I guess, will be going to Croatia now, I believe. Is, is that but the I think step? It's, yeah. So, I mean, again, it would be, Someone should be, yeah, it's the next step's Croatia. Um, I do know a guy who's competed in Croatia, a guy named Jason Lois. Um, he went a few years ago. Uh, we've had him on our show. He's been with a couple of cigar companies. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a really good thing. I, I think it needs to get promoted more. Uh, I think it was great when Rocky Patel got involved and, and created the cigar for them because uh, I think he saw something with it. He created a fantastic blend, by the way, for that. Um, on top of that, kind of a, Made my made my top twenty five last year. So, and who made it before? Was it Macanudo who made it before? Macanudo, yeah, Macanudo made it before. Um, and I guess there was a new deal struck with them to do Rockies. Uh, so I mean, ultimately, this is if this is something that was promoted. I mean, these again, I think these are things that the PCA and the CRA and all of our trade associations should be promoting right now. Um, it's just good publicity here. It gets, it gets more people interested in it, right? So, you know, the guy, if you could build up some of these regional competitions next year, you know, you then you have retail shops looking to host these things and everything. It, it could be a win-win. Um, but they've come a long way. In five years, this thing was unknown. Nobody knew about this thing. So now it's getting more notoriety. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know about it until Rocky Patel got involved. Um and I thought it was interesting that he got involved. I think he's 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 a good fit for it too. Yeah. So Bear and I had this guy Jason Lois. This is going back 2018 on on our show, a special edition, I think 37. And we attempted to do the smoke, right? As they do it, mm-hmm. it's hard. I'm just telling you, this is not an easy thing to do. And we learned very quickly how hard it was. Uh, I think Cigars already tried it once, and they thought they had the same result as we had. So, you know, it's a very hard thing to do. Yeah. It's not easy. I remember when it first came out last year before the events all got canceled, I had signed up to do uh, Garofalo was going to host one. Um, and I was going to do it and I signed up and I got the box and I remember smoking through them and it's tougher than it looks. I would say a lot of people think that it's simple, no, it's very hard. It's very hard because you have to keep it lit. You don't want to smoke it too much, but you can't smoke it too little. You got to smoke it just right. You have to yep. take the right amount of smoke off of it when you do puff yep. it. Yep. Um, and then as far as I'm concerned, there was um, there's certain rule. There's a lot of rules involved too, but there's certain rules about like when you can ash, when you can drink. Yep. Uh, you have to like you can't talk the first five minutes or something like that. I forget the the breakdown of the rules, but it, it, it's it's very involved. Um, yeah. So the fact that even though Jimmy didn't, you know, make it onto the, to the final round there, the times he was pulling, he's got, a, I guarantee he'll be back next year. 
I mean, if he came in, if he came in as the overall second place of just like all the people in the U.S., that's pretty yeah. damn good. Great, great job. Yeah, great job. Yeah, he did a great job. I really, uh, I mean, that's nothing to be ashamed about. Yeah, I mean, go yeah. for it next year. I mean, yeah. you made it that far. Go for it again. Absolutely. Yep, I agree. I uh, I heard some people, you know, oh, it's kind of weird, you know, making fun of it or whatever, and it, like, oh, it's smoking a cigar. How is that a competition? It's like, well, you know, it's something new, something different. It's something. It, may, it creates. If it's going to create interest, it's going to help smokers. I think. I mean, like Jose Blanco, I guarantee he thinks this is a great thing. Yeah, it's something new for the industry, and you know what? It also it's going to help the industry get more recognition. Right, right. More smokers in. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if every year it seems like it's getting a little more more buzz and attention. So um, this is probably the most. I mean, like I said, I think they'll benefit. They would have really benefited if Jimmy went to Croatia. Unfortunately, they didn't. But it is what it is. I mean, obviously it's competition. Um, I mean, they should. You know what I would do? I'd be. I'd call him up. I say, this is what I would do. Jimmy, uh, we want to pay for your way to go there. I'm sure that's not what he's look angling for and cover this thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think having him uh, involved after all of his. his- uh, I, I mean, yeah. Whether you like him or not, he, he first of all, he's, he's participated in this thing. He know it's it's kind of like a, a guy going and becoming an NFL commentator who's played the game. Right. I mean, it's the same thing. you got a guy who's competed. Now you got a guy who's going from a media media standpoint. I, I honestly think it would be a great thing if he went there. Um, but he's given it some good publicity and, uh, he's given it some attention on social media. I, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm really happy he's done well. Yeah, me too. I think, I think it's great. Um, yeah. I know I, we have, uh, Dan Thompson. Was it, I think, hold on. I'm sorry. He's moving kind of quick. Uh, Dan Thompson. Okay. I'll be the dummy. How does the competition work? Um, basically it's a standard. So what is it? It's like a Corona, right? It, it's not a very big cigar. Yeah, it's a it's a Maravilla they use. Maravilla, yeah. yeah. Um, so they, you get that cigar, you gotta cut it. I think you can only light it. You get two matches to light it, right? You, you, can't, use, you, you light. can't use a lighter. Yep. Um, has to be a straight cut. Yep. Uh, you get two matches to light it. Once it's lit, that's it. That's it. If it goes out, you're out. There's no relighting. Yep. Yeah, it goes out. But, yeah, but so the idea gotta, is keep it lit as long as you can. Keep it burning as long as you can. Keep it burning as long as you can. Uh, also, if I remember correctly, if you get to the band, you're done. Yes. So the idea of the game is to keep it lit. Yep. Don't you know? Don't let it go. I'll keep it lit. Smoke it as slow as you can. Yep. And keep it away from that band for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Um. That's where the whole strategy of like how much and how often do you puff on that cigar? Because if I remember correctly, the first 45 minutes, I think they tell you like how often you can. No, I'm sorry. Puff it. Yeah. Yeah. And ash it. Mm -hmm. And if you break the ash before you're allowed to, you're out. No. From what, uh, unless it's changed. My original understanding was. You're in, but you'll be penalized with. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right with on a, that. with like a deduction of time. Like they'll take away five minutes. I think there's something along those lines. There's some penalties versus some to a certain to a certain point. From what I understand, after a certain amount of time, I think ashing is fair game, and it's up to you to strategize on yeah. that. But yeah. like the first like hour or half hour, something like that, like you can't break it. Um, yeah. And then like 
every like few minutes after that, it, it changes until I think they becomes just free reign. Yep. Um, but there's a limit on that in the beginning. So it, it is, it, it, there's a lot of rules about it. I think it's on the Rocky Patel website. Um, since, you know, they're the one making the cigars and kind of, you know, sponsoring the event, so to speak, um, where you can read about it. It's on there. Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember there was like 20 lines on the rule list. I was like, wow, this is pretty involved for a cigar yeah. smoking thing. No, definitely. Um, and I said, I think they provide a great cigar too. So cigar was pretty good. In my know, top 20, I mean, my top 20, it started the, the big run. Rocky's big run on Coop. He's had some high scores on Coop the last couple of years. Yeah. He's doing some very good stuff right now. What did you think about his new releases? He debuted at the trade show. Fantastic. Um, the only one I haven't smoked is the Disciple, but the White Label and the 60th are continuing this great streak he's had. Yeah. Um, there's something about what Rocky's doing with San Andreas right now at a Nicaraguan factory. I don't know what he's, I don't know what magic he's, he's a magic. I don't know if he's gotten really good tobacco or if he's really doing good fermentation, but the, the World Championship Cigar, the uh, Quarter Century, the Winter Collection, and now the 60th, all using the San Andreas wrapper. And they're all smoking fantastic. The white label is going to be a player. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be a little more premium, but it's, it's a great Connecticut shade cigar. So mm. I, I, the only one I haven't smoked is the Disciple, which I have still. So I've been really – I thought he had a great trade show. Now, let me ask you this question. As we get into the, we're almost at the fall now at this point. Where yeah. it's, it's almost September, you know, right. winding down. Right. Do you have any front runners for Cigar of the Year yet? Yeah. Um, I do. Do you want to share any of those? Do you want to keep them kind of locked? No, down? I mean, they're, 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 you know, you can look on the site, they're the highest scoring ones right now. Um, I would say Adventura, Queen's Pearl is up there. Um, I would say the Waki Patel Winter Collection and the Quarter Century are, are definitely up there as well. Yeah. So I think those three are are doing extremely well. Um, Crux had the, the Maduro Corona Gorda. Um, and, and people may say, well, these aren't 2021 releases. Well, the window works different on Coop, right? So um, what, is, what is your window? Um, basically. I know, but I want the audience to hear. No, no. Okay. Basically what it is is. Um, the cutoff date for any new releases is the day before the trade show. And we go two years back from that cutoff date. Everything so, two, two years before the day before the trade show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I'll give you, I'll give you another, go ahead. I'm, I'll give you the surprise ones. Perdomo firecrackers in there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Had a couple of those today, actually. Fantastic cigar. Mm. So yeah. So, so if we have the trade show started on July 9th, Cutoff date July 8th. So the idea for folks being out in the audience, why do I go like that? Because what happens is all this stuff gets released after the trade show, right? And if you try to do a calendar window with this, right, you're smoking stuff that is in this compressed window from now until like late November. And it's it was too compressed. And the other problem is that some of that stuff like doesn't have enough time to acclimate. Like I wanted every cigar to have the same amount of time, minimum time in the humidor, things like that. Right. So it just it just became a, a cluster. Like I, Matt, we can get into Aaron and I. I've, I've gotten into this with Aaron a lot on um, our shows. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that aggravates me more when I see a cigar get hit the store December first, and 
20 days later, someone puts out that list and that cigar is on the list. You can't tell me that that cigar is, is, is told its story because it needs to have some acclimation. Um, so well, I think I, you're, what I think you're trying to say is you believe that that cigar needs more time to be out on the market, to reach more hands than right. it would in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And here's the other thing. What about the cigar that came out in January that's been performing consistent for eight or nine months, you know, throughout the or, or throughout the whole year, it's performing consistent. Why is that, you know, you know, why should that cigar be penalized? Because something came out and because and, sometimes I look. I can tell you there's some cigars I've reviewed in like February, right? And then when I smoke them again for the final countdown, they they nosedive. Um, I've had I've had I had one cigar fall from number one to number eleven. So it happens. Um, well, absolutely. So, I mean, I I mean things 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 change uh, in the course. Like, would you say? Okay, here's a good example. And we're Fuente smokers, right? Yeah. I think the rare pinks are smoking better over time than when they first came out. I would agree with that. So, yeah. I got a box so, right right when they came out. I tried it. I was like, it's good, but it wasn't exactly what I no, hoped for. I let right. that box sit, and I'm smoking them now, and I'm like, whoa. What so, a difference. here's a good point. When did those come out? They came out in December, right? Mm-hmm. So, there's people, you know, they, and we, we can have a lot of discussions. I've had a ton of discussions on this. They want to smoke it because they want to smoke it to get it on the list. And then they like the company, right? So they put it on the list, right? And that cigar has no business on the list, right? So, and we, and there's a lot of bias that goes into list, Matt. I mean, so here's a good example. Sokka stuff, people will smoke before Rocky Patel stuff. Who are doing these lists. Because mm-hmm. people like Sokka. And I said, well, if, you, if you're if you smoking the Sokka stuff and you're not smoking the Rocky Patel stuff, you're missing out on something, in my opinion. Because I thought the Rock. So that's why, you know, so I, I said, that's why I have some crazy rules. But the idea is to show show performance. And I think I talked about this when I was on with you and Nicole, how the idea is to show performance over time. Yeah. You know, just like if you went back and bought the cigar over and over again. That's That was kind of like my rationale with it. So... Well, think about like his like an analogy, right? Like a rookie of the year, right? Right. Let's say he's there on opening day, right? And you know the first week he's like leading the league in home runs, right? Stolen bases, RBIs, um, does pretty good for the you know into into June, um. Maybe he's not number one, but he's top. You know, he's in there. Gets the all-star break, and then he kind of tanks. Yeah. And then at the end of the year, you're like, oh, well, he got rookie of the year because, like, in the first month, like, he was, like, you you know, he was the best home run hitter in the whole league. Well, yeah, but that was for the first month. What did he do all season? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly my point. So I think with Cigar, it's the same thing. You don't make someone rookie of the year or give him the MVP award for something that, that played a partial season. So the idea is that the cigar that's out for 15 to 20 days, right? How does that like show performance over time for a cigar that was released in January, February? Um, so that's why some, I put some of these, these are things I observed and, and practices over the years. But, uh, but what happens is like, I see people, this is where there's a bias in the media, cigar media, right? 
They like certain brands. They're going to smoke those brands first. And because of the arbitrary calendar cutoff, somebody says some very good cigars that are often missed. Right. And, and that's, I think, the problem. Um, what, so, I, I mean, I th- this is a really good topic to have because, I mean, we are getting up close-ish yeah. to Cigar of the Year season. Um, and it's a nice reminder of letting people know who follow these lists, you know, um, kind of how it works and what kind of goes into it and what is eligible and what's not. And, and there's people like, oh, well, he didn't have this on there. Like, why didn't he have this in the? What? That's stupid. If he had this on the list, this would have won. First of all, that's oh. not necessarily true. But also, yeah. that cigar maybe was ineligible. Right. Like shop exclusives, for example, are ineligible on Coop, right? Single store mm-hmm. releases. Perdomo Firecracker is not a single store release. People think it is. It was it was distributed by United. So, you know, but the bet, you know, the best thing is like, oh, I released a cigar. And I said, when did you release your cigar? Well, August. Well, it's not eligible till next year. Well, I didn't know that. I'm like, well, did you read the criteria? Like, <laughs> you know, it's a, there's got to be, you know. Very true. Very true. They, no one, no one wants to read the criteria. Oh, we didn't understand the criteria. I stopped. We didn't understand the criteria. You didn't read the criteria. Don't say you didn't understand it. It's pretty basically. And we've been doing this for three years right now. So, uh, or your cigar is not that good. If you meet the criteria, you're not. Uh, well, why didn't I make the list? I met the criteria. Yeah, but your cigar wasn't good. <laughs> scored an 89. <laughs> it scored an 89. Like, wait. Like, this is one manufacturer every year. Where did I land on the list? And I'm like, I don't even answer you, right? Because, like, you're not, re- obviously, you're not, I didn't review any of your product this year. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, I, last year, a lot of people know, you know, we, I'll admit now we weren't ready to do a cigar of the year. Um, we weren't, you and I have talked, we saw, we knew what was going to happen. Unfortunately, yeah. that. however, uh, this year we're much more able to do it. Now, even though we don't do, um, a lot of reviews and we're building our review department right now with some other people. Right. Um, we're still going to release a cigar of the year, manufacturer of the year, um, person of the year. We have we have awards we are going to give out this year. Um, we have already put into place a system that we feel will not only, you know, put that together the right way, um, efficiently, correctly, fairly. Um, but it, it, we're going to we're going to do a good job with that. Um, because, you know, I still think that regardless, you know, we still, uh, we're still part of the media and we still have, you know, comments, concerns, and, and, and we judge things. And, um, we, we, we've put a, we've kind of put a plan in place where we can do that the right way. Uh, and it'll be much better than we did before, uh, because it'll be a little bit more, a little bit more traditional is what I'll say, but it, it's going to be, it won't be a digital poll. It won't be something that the public votes on again. We learned our lesson with that. I'll admit, you know, everyone has to learn lessons and, you know, anything. You, handled it, you, handled, you guys handled it well. You guys really did. Yeah, I um, mean, we handled the fallout well and we learned from it. And I think that's the biggest thing. You can make mistakes as long as you learn from them. And um, the way, yeah, I mean, um, it was unfortunate. But like I said, you know, I, like I said, there's, you know, it, it's tough. It, it's it, it's very tough, those things. Um, and what things out of your control, unfortunately. Now you have a little more control over it. So, and you have the processes. And, and, the, and the most, the best advice I'll give to anyone is if you're going to be subjective on it, right? Which have criteria. Otherwise, uh, 
everyone's fair game when we have the uh, we do a show every year where we beat the media people up with all the criteria. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I even have criteria in place already. Yeah. For how certain awards are going to be given out, uh, what makes certain uh, cigars, people, manufacturers, etc., uh, what makes them eligible. Um, so that's just that's how we're doing it. And uh, more information on that in terms of smoking tobacco will be available, you know, as the months, you know, continue to, yep. to grow on us here. Yeah. Um, but Cigar Coop already, you know, have done that, you know, his criteria is already out. Yeah. Know. I mean, the list is different than the other things are voted by the, by the, by the panel of, our, of the team members. But the list is subjective. Ben and I have been talking about what we're going to do for him. And we're probably not going to have a list this year for him because you got to have cigars reviewed to be on the list. Um, at least that's how we look at it. So next year, he, we may have two lists. Um, I don't know what we're going to do yet with that, but, but, but this year will be just uh, my, my, my list, uh, which is, I, I call it like Mr. Blackwell's list of fashion. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like my, <laughs> my deal. So we'll see. Um, there's going to be, I will say this now, because uh, I can, it's, it's on the record. Um, our stuff will go by a panel as well. There's going to be a blind tasting panel uh, with a similar criteria to Cigar Coops, because I know he's cool with that. Uh, I'm going to maybe steal some of his plays. Yeah, his, I mean, plays. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. But, um. And there'll be a there'll be a, 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 a panel or there'll be a group of people who will blind taste, um, and that's how it'll be picked. No no public voting with the names, um, and then in terms of like it, that's for you know cigar any cigar related stuff, um, and then in terms of kind of other awards that'll be you know there'll be a list of you know people places or whatever um, that are you know going to be put together based on you know, who we feel should be on there, who's eligible. Um, and then it'll be voted on internally. Uh, not like just like Nicole and myself, like uh, people who are connected to us. Right. Um, like Coop, you know, Coop will probably be a uh, part of this too. And I'm sure he'd love to. Um, but it, the, the point is it'll be done fair. Um, yeah. And it'll be done a little bit more structured. And we're, we're better equipped to do it now yeah um and so and we will because you know we want to do it because um and it's great it's great to give out awards you know Coop, and Coop will say that himself i mean he can oh it's great it. it's great i mean it's fun to give those out at the show so i mean it's great it's a great it's a great thing to do you know and it's great for the people who get it um you know no matter what it is you know getting an award is always cool um, i agree i agree and it, but it's as long as it's done the right way and it's done sorry i'm getting a little bit of a hiccup uh as long as it's done fair I think that there's no issue with that. So I agree. I agree. We will be, uh, we will be part of that realm as well. Uh, Coop, we have been on here for two hours and six minutes. Yep. And I got to get some dinner before not, everything closes. Not, yeah. not quite a primetime episode, but, no, but we're uh, getting, we're heading on that territory. It was good, good. A lot of fun tonight. Uh, is there anything else that you want to hit on before we close up? No, I think we got everything. We got a lot. I think this is probably one of our longest yep. episodes. That's okay. It was a lot of fun. Um, the uh sorry i lost my turn of thought uh yeah so guys thank you for watching with us thank you for listening at home uh wherever podcasts can be found don't forget to go find us on social media facebook Absolutely. youtube 
Twitter, Instagram, uh, and then as well as subscribe and download wherever podcasts can be found. Don't forget to go to smokingtobacco.com for all of the latest uh, on the cigar industry, as well as Cigar Coop uh, to get the, the scoop with Coop. Um, Coop, thanks for being here with me again. Thank you very much. Yep. And a lot of fun. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Coop. Uh, and then, as always, stay tuned for another episode of the Spoken Tobacco Show, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Eastern, as well as Coop. Uh, Epi- has- ep- episode 200 of Primetime is on this Thursday, so. Don't miss that. And that's yep. after the Spoken Tobacco Show. Yep. And I- yeah, well, well, Corey Bapper from Oliva is CEO is going to be on, so. What time is your show start? Is It's 10, 10 p.m. Eastern, right? 10 yeah. p.m. So yep. 10 so Eastern. Time to grab a little thing to eat, if you, and then you could go catch Matt before dinner and me after dinner if you're in certain time zones. Yep. Coop usually watches me while he's having dinner. Yeah, I, 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 I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not napping, that's sometimes I have to take a nap before that ten o'clock show. But yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah yep, nap, naps yep. are always important. There. Are, yeah. There is. Sometimes you need that. So. All right, guys. Well, thank uh, you for being with us as always, and we will see you next time. All right, we're off.